The following podcast episode is brought to you by An Evening at the Movies and its month-long celebration that is Halloween Horror Fest 2021. Halloween, Child's Play, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, The Universal Monsters, Psycho, and so much more. All horror, all month long. Sit back and enjoy, because this is what we have all came to enjoy. This is An Evening at the Movies, Halloween Horror Fest 2021. Welcome back to An Evening at the Movies. I am your party host for the evening. I am Casey, and this is the podcast where, as always, we eat stale popcorn and drink watered-down sodas and discuss the epic movies that we love and why we love them. So, before we get going, I need to make an introduction for you all because it's been a couple episodes since she's been here but <laughs> welcome back to everybody's favorite co-host the queen herself miss amanda Colehoffer. welcome back thanks how's it going well it's almost my friday i get a long nice. weekend this weekend i tomorrow actually when i get off at five tomorrow i'm done until monday i don't have to go in for Look that gotcha I don't have to go in for that little mini short shift bullshit on Thursday. But but there's a reason why I did that. Mm-hmm. Because I believe it is Thursday night at 12.01. There's a little movie dropping online that needs to get my full attention. And I don't want to have any work remnants on my purse. <laughs> I need to be scrubbed clean of the work drama and just be ready to give all of my attention to a movie that has been two fucking years in the making. Right. The problem is it's 1201 your time. It's like 201 my time. Yeah, but who says it won't drop at 1201 your time? Well, according to my Hamilton experience, it will not drop until 1201 your time. <laughs> that's because disney is well no because i miscalculated that one real bad <laughs> disney's home base is in california yeah i don't i think nbc is kind of bi-coastal nbc is new york but still 
Yeah, I, I think they have a home. I think they have a secondary home base in Southern California too. It's just the main primary headquarters is downtown NYC. My guess is regardless, it will be midnight Pacific time. So either way you look at it, yeah. Yeah. I I stayed up for Hamilton. I was so excited and I'm like, okay, 1201. Okay, refresh, refresh, refresh. That's a lot of hitting refresh in two hours. (laughs) Fuck me. It's probably not coming out until 12 o'clock Pacific time, which means two o'clock my time. I'm not staying up for that. (laughs) Well, and I'm not gonna lie. For a long time, I was incredibly grumpy about being on the West Coast because, like, the other three time zones got everything, like, live. Right. And the West Coast always got tape delay, tape delay, tape delay. And now the networks are finally getting hip to the idea, especially now with the Internet and social media and all that, when it comes to, like, award shows and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. You can't freaking put us on a freaking tape delay because we're going to have the whole thing freaking spoiled two hours before it even starts so thank god for that at least (laughs) yes which is why the oscars start at five o'clock your time (laughs) yeah thank god they're walking the red carpet at 2 p.m. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of trying to wait up until like 10:45 to see the main awards that I want to see. Yeah, well, that, you know what? Welcome to my world. True. Anyway, anyway, it's already eight o'clock in the great state of Tejas. 8:30. It, well, yeah, eight twenty-seven ish. So, the reason why we are here is because this is the main event week of Halloween Horror Fest twenty twenty-one. This is the week that everybody's been waiting for. This is the week that Halloween Kills will be dropping online and available in your local movie theaters on Friday morning. Well, some places it's actually like Thursday night at like nine o'clock. But fucking finally, either way. Yes. Halloween kills will be out by the end of the week this week. Not last year. Like it was supposed to be blah, 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 blah. Screw this. No more waiting. It is done. Yes. It is set in stone. We will have a new Halloween movie this freaking week. Thank God. I have been waiting too long for this. Like two years was already enough. And then they made us wait another year. Like just no. Well, yeah. Cause that's I, the thing. It, yeah. We're talking. Well, tonight we're talking about the last movie, Halloween 2018. Mm-hmm. So that right there tells you how long it's been since we've had to wait for this movie. Three freaking years, mm-hmm. and it was only initially planned to be an every two year. Thanks, COVID. Yeah, fuck you, COVID. And I appreciate what Blumhouse and you know David Gordon Green and Danny McBride like. I appreciate what they were trying to do. They didn't want to release it to streaming because this is a 
theater watch movie. Like I get it, but but at the I, same time, yeah, it's they're at that point now where it's been three years. Yeah. It's so I'm glad like, they're doing both. And so I will say on the Halloween page I'm on on Facebook, I don't think you're on this. Are you on this Halloween fans page? I believe I am. I believe you invited me. Yeah. Okay. So then you've probably seen all the posts where I like, just don't comment all the time because I'm not getting into the freaking little petty argument. Well, no, I, I don't either. But who's a better fan? If right, you like, watch oh. on Peacock, you're not a good Halloween fan. Um, That's such some bullshit. Of, some of us live, you know, a ways away from a damn movie theater, and the only means we have is Peacock. Grow some of us are people. immune compromised and don't want to go to a movie theater. Some of <laughs> exactly. us can't afford to take our whole family to a theater. Like, who cares? You're watching the movie. I appreciate Peacock streaming it, and I appreciate Blumhouse putting it in the theaters and Universal. I just hope there's no Scarlett Johansson nonsense going on here, which I doubt there is, where people aren't getting their cut from the streaming. I think everybody's learned their lesson from Disney now and is allocating yeah. stuff appropriately. Well, let's be honest. Disney is the monopoly of Hollywood. They're yeah. literally buying up the entire freaking Southern California, Southern yeah. California region. I mean, they own Fox, they own Marvel, they own Lucasfilm, mm -hmm. they own freaking Pixar, they own freaking, what don't they freaking yeah. own? It's like freaking come on, the, how long is it going to be before they end up buying out freaking Warner Brothers? Mm -hmm. And that's, you know what, whatever you do that makes financial sense, fine, but Scarlett Johansson has a fucking case and I am 100% behind her. Oh, yeah. Don't violate somebody's contract. Don't say, we're releasing this to theaters only. Here's your cut. And then say, oh, by the way, releasing it streaming and you don't get a cut of that. No, that's fucking yeah. bullshit. Well, no, because here's my point is, when did she sign that freaking contract? Oh, who knows? Probably well Probably before, way before. Way, I, I don't know how far into... Cause she was Black Widow way before. Oh yeah, yeah. She's been Black Widow since freaking what Iron Man one. Yeah. Whatever, whatever movie it was, she made her freaking first appearance in. But yeah, no, she. And those I mean, contracts can be amended, but don't don't fuck somebody out of their paycheck. Like I agree that Hollywood people are paid more than they should be. Oh yeah, but but Easily. that's that's beside the point. If you made a deal with somebody if you signed a contract and said this is your percentage of the royalties or your box office sales or whatever uh -huh. and then you go and say oh by the way we're releasing it on streaming too give her her fucking cut of that like well, yeah, she's because, entitled to it unfortunately with releasing it to streaming that's obviously going to cut into your tremendously large box office, box office. So I get the Obviously. whole point that Disney's pissed off over that, but that's not her fault. She's not the one that went over to China and brought COVID over here. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I'm being a smart ass, but I mean, that's the whole point behind the China. whole. That's the whole but point. Yeah, behind, I mean, so behind the whole streaming thing is though is COVID shut everything down for a long freaking time right they tried to get everything up and going 
last fall so that you know some of these other movies that have been waiting because of covid mm-hmm. had to push their release i mean look at every, i mean black widow got freaking pushed back freaking halloween ki- or halloween yeah halloween kills got pushed back mm-hmm. freaking how many times has freaking top gun 2 been pushed back yeah that movie's been pushed back like freaking five times and it was, actually i think that's just because that movie shouldn't happen and they know it shouldn't well, happen so <laughs> i agree too but at the same time it's still like more than likely i'll probably still go and see it when it comes out but yeah i mean that movie literally i mean it has had like five release dates since pre-covid right and i don't think things are going to get any we're rapidly getting into the covid's not going away so we got to adjust to a new there's a new normal we've got to adapt to it and i'm fine with it like no so am i pay people what you promise to pay them but also if you watch it at home on peacock you're still a halloween fan if you go to the theater you're still a halloween fan if you do what i'm gonna do watch it on peacock watch it in the theater and then watch it on peacock about 12 more times you're still a halloween fan exactly (laughs) you know both of us are gonna be watching that movie like freaking 12 times over and over and over so that 12 times probably in the first three days that it's out yeah Especially with my home movie theater. <laughs> illegal downloads. Nope. Mm. We at even Get the Movies do not endorse illegally downloading movies. So Piracy is not a victimless crime, Casey. I know. I have countless <laughs> freaking DVDs that constantly warn me about that whenever I turn them on. Uh, so. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yes. Halloween week three of how yes week three of halloween horror fest this is the week that we're going to focus our attention on halloween 2018 so that we can prep everybody for the main event day which is halloween kills on friday whenever you get to it we look forward to sharing the experience with you mind you i'm going to make this announcement right now However, we figure out how to do the Halloween Kills episode. Spoiler freaking alert. Yeah. Big time. There will be stuff talked. If you have not seen it and don't want to have it spoiled, do all the spoilers. Do not listen to that episode. This is the only time I will ever encourage you guys to not listen to an episode of my show. I would much rather have you guys wait three or four days to listen and make sure you get an unspoiled experienced so that's probably a lot of the reason why thursday morning i'm probably going to mute the halloween fans group on facebook yeah because they say no spoilers but fuck. oh no they yeah they've literally had people being called freaking entitled little brats because they're asking for people not to post spoilers and blah 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 and it's like it's like no they're not asking for freaking two months worth of freaking not talking about the movie they're asking for a couple of days right so i mean no i'm with uh, you so yeah but at the same time i don't want to have the movie spoil. it's been three years i don't want to have this spoiled so yeah i'm probably gonna move i am ready until we get that episode fully prepped 
and then however we do it i then probably will as well we will get the episode for you guys however we figure out how to do it so yes yeah with that said i guess i already technically let's get into it the movie for tonight obviously halloween 2018 40 years later yep yay and uh for the people who don't understand timelines because there are about 17 different timelines in the halloween franchise um i will post it again on an evening at the movies page like i did before but to start this off 2018 is a direct sequel to the original halloween not which to means- no bloodline no anthology yeah yeah no rob zombie but i think the main thing to remember with this one because you can kind of like decipher the other timelines but the main thing to remember with this one is that there is no halloween too so this story picks up 40 years after michael myers is shot by dr loomis he falls off the balcony and he's gone and he's later apprehended the same night there's no hospital story we get to the easter eggs i have a huge question about that okay him getting shot and falling off the balcony and okay disappearing we'll get to that we'll get to that here in a few it's not anything we need to dwell on right now okay so the main thing to remember talking about this movie is that there is no Halloween two. So there's no hospital. There's no, you know, nope. other people getting killed. There's no sister bloodline. It's none of that exists, nor does John or Jamie or any of the other timelines where you think Lori died nope. or Lori it, had children or whatever. No offense to the amazing Danielle Harris, the hottie, hot, hot, hot. But yet, there is no Danielle Harris in this freaking timeline. So right. we will not be talking about no Jamie Lloyds or right. her offspring child that gets taken away from her in that shit show freaking Halloween 6. Yeah. So murdered. So basically, we are starting off 40 years later from the original Halloween. Yes. So, um, so what should we, uh, should we start with some fun well, facts? Should we start with a synopsis? I love- <laughs> well, uh, there, really quick, I do want to get to one of the um, typical sections of um the show because there is a piece in this that i want to bring up but um so basically halloween 2018 is released on october 19th guess what year 2018 2018, bob um it's directed by david gordon green uh distributed by universal pictures and produced by blumhouse which, if you don't know David Gordon Green, um, Righteous Gemstones, and oh crap, what's that other show that he's on that's so good? Oh man, it's right on the t- Everybody's screaming at the radio right now. I'll find it. Um, I will come back. Blumhouse, Paranormal Activity, 
I think insidious um, get out like yeah, Jason no, they, Blum and Blumhouse have given us some amazing movies. Yeah. Blumhouse has literally been this generation's probably like new line back in the eighties mm-hmm. that hats off to the house that Freddie built. Freddie. Exactly. But okay. So yeah. So universal pictures released the pic- movie. Blumhouse produced it. It had a budget of 10 to $15 million. And here's the one I wanted to get to. It had, and I'm not going to adjust the money here because obviously it's only three years and inflation is not that much. A box office of $255.6 million, making it fuck me the highest grossing slasher movie of all time unseating the 1996 west craven classic scream nice so and i apologize i was not talking about um david gordon green i was talking about danny mcbride because he was one of the writers and directors Danny McBride is the one that's from um, uh, Righteous Gemstones. Kenny Powers from Eastbound and Down. That's yeah, the show Eastbound. I was trying to think of that everybody that everybody knows yeah, him if, from. And then, if you yeah. had said, yeah, Danny McBride, I would. Oh, yeah. My that was my bad. Yeah, and Pineapple I, Express. I, Danny McBride's I, a genius. Oh yeah, no, I. Kenny Powers is one of my guilty pleasure freaking. TV characters of all time. I love freaking me some Kenny Powers. Obviously not the most politically correct well, and, person in the world, but <laughs> right. It's still freaking hilarious. Well, one of my favorite things, which you may or may not have that we're going to get into, but about this particular movie is that Jason Blum, David Gordon Green, Danny McBride, they were all Halloween fans like their entire life. And when they <laughs> Huge Halloween came up with this idea. Yeah. So I think that David Gordon Green approached John Carpenter and was like, look, I want to do this. I really don't want to do it without your blessing, you know. And he basically said, if I don't do it, somebody else is going to, and I'll do it right. And that's how they got John Carpenter to be a part of this. And I just think that's so amazing that this movie is such a part of it and directed an executive producer on the movie. Yeah. And, and considering what the taste was that was left in his mouth after what happened mm-hmm. after 78 with Halloween 2, I yeah. would imagine it probably <laughs> was, it could have been a very in-depth, very pers- you, you, they had to be very persuasive to get him back on board. Because right. if, and I'm sure that felt kind of like an ultimatum, like, you know what, if I don't do this, somebody else is going to. But at the same time, I love that but this it's movie true, is made by, it is true. And I love that this movie is made by Halloween fans. And you can feel that. You can feel that it's written and directed and all of these things by people who love this original movie. Well, yeah, because we're going to get into it here in just a minute. But um well, I mean, well, why? Fuck it. Why? Wait a minute. I mean, let's get the freaking <laughs> Easter eggs in this freaking movie are 
oh my god amazing i mean so many literally starts from the opening credits all the way through to the freaking end of the freaking movie this movie is literally a candy store for halloween fans It's like, oh, my God, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, I recognize that. I recognize that. That's from this movie. That's from that. Like, they did such a good job of just these subtle little nods to every single, even Halloween 3, which has nothing to do with Laurie Strode, is still, there's a nod to it in this movie. And obviously, we're going to see one in Halloween Kills from the trailer. So, yeah. Well, and, okay, so before... I turn you loose on your list of Easter eggs that you have <laughs> because I've seen the list on video guys and it is quite extensive and <laughs> her Royal Highness deserves to throw all of these out at us, but I'm not um, going to throw them all out. <laughs> you better at least throw 29 out. I don't know why 29. Okay. 29. You're. I have to leave one, one off. Damn it. <laughs> Oh, I felt with my never mind. We'll get to that discussion we had earlier about lists later. But yeah, no, okay. So, like, the first thing that I ever found when I because I went through and watched the movie, and like you, and I was trying to find as many of the Easter eggs as I can. And mm-hmm. you can find a lot just by watching, but mm-hmm. I also, after watching, went back and wanted to look online and see if there was anything blatantly obvious that I missed because right this movie actually moves at a pretty good pace from the opening all the way through till yeah the heavy breathing in the post credit scene <laughs> oops spoiler yep um, it's hard to catch them all for sure it is but like when I googled um, Halloween 2018 Easter eggs the very first thing that ever came up was the opening scene of this movie was mm-hmm. actually, you know where I'm going with this? Obviously. Okay. Um, yeah. It was not supposed to be, well, I don't know if that Smith's Grove scene was supposed to still be in the movie or not just a few minutes later or what, but Initially, the plan was was they wanted to recreate the ending from Halloween 78. I don't know how that would have probably with angles and a back of the head lookalike because obviously Donald mm-hmm. Pleasance has been dead for almost 30 years. But, oh, Jesus Christ, has it been that long since six came out? Wow. Yeah. I feel old. Okay, I don't know where you were going because I thought you were talking about the opening credits. So no, 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 not continue. I'm, I'm, gonna yes. let you I got, I'm with you now. But initially, what from what I read on this particular article, it said they wanted to recreate the ending from '78, only with a little bit of a twist at the end. Um, obviously. You have the scene with Lori sitting in the doorway after sending the kids down the street to the McKenzie's to go call for the police and blah, 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 blah. And, mm-hmm. you know, Michael does the, you know, sitting up 
<laughs> like a creepy ass freaking creeper and comes after her and then that's when dr loomis comes in the house up the stairs and you have the unmasking and the him pulling the gun and shooting michael and michael ends up going over the balcony onto the ground blah 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 the idea with the twist was that michael wasn't ever supposed to go out the window alone or over the balcony alone he was supposed to go with dr loomis after he had stabbed loomis in the stomach oh interesting because loomis bang 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 shoots him backs him up realizes he's out of bullets and literally tries to football tackle him out the freaking window evidently michael sidesteps sticks a blade in his freaking stomach and they both go over the balcony okay hold on no i i'm i'm gonna pull it i'm gonna pull an annie wilkes on this he didn't get out of the cockadoody car you can't show the end of the movie with him falling over the balcony and then cheat us out of that with this i think that's probably why it didn't get yeah i would hope so that's bullshit because that totally changes everything because yes dr loomis did not die in that scene and also michael fell over the balcony by himself yeah and was gone like you can't change that no so yeah that was my first of my couple easter eggs that i wrote down i will let you nice have the floor to bring up some of the other ones that you found well, I didn't know if that was an Easter egg as much as a fun fact that nobody knew about because well, I didn't I'm even know that. I'm kind of sort of splicing yeah. the fun facts and the Easter eggs together just because, you know. Yeah, it's a good idea. You know, they're kind of sort of one in the same anyway, so. True. There's no point in potentially going back in a little bit and doing fun facts and then, oh, well, we already talked about that one, so we can't talk about that. We already talked about that. Blah, blah, blah. Did, right did mix mash it all together and <laughs> we'll see how it all throw it up on the wall well, and I think, see what sticks. yeah the first main one is obviously the opening credits which is oh, yeah. a reverse a reverse opening credits of the original so it's a reverse decaying of the pumpkin which i just thought was genius i really liked that um then i I mean, these this one's not really an Easter egg so much as just a very a, much attention to detail when we see Michael at the um, mental institution. You can see that he's got the scar on the side of his eye from where Lori stabbed him with the hanger. And then also later you see he's got the scar on his neck from where she stabbed him with the needle. So those aren't really Easter eggs as much as attention to detail, but I appreciate that. That is very much attention to detail. And it's something that especially 40 years later, a lot of people aren't going to freaking pay that much attention to that right. detail. And the fact that, yeah. Well, it's kind of like in Halloween H2O where they show that Lori's got the scar on her arm. Like mm-hmm. you want to make sure we remember that these things happened. Um well, yeah, because how many times have we seen a sequel where it's like you get part two or part three or whatever, and it's like, well, wait a minute here. What happened to so-and-so Scar? Or what happened to the fact that... Right. Whatever. 
it's like just because it's been four or five years since the original movie, you think we're dumb and we're going to forget all this shit? Right. Don't, don't exactly. insult our intelligence, people. <laughs> um. So another one that I like is when the podcasters are talking to Lori and the lady's like, you know, um, Michael Myers is a human being, killed these people, and he's going to spend the rest of his life in captivity. And Lori says, that's the idea. I, I feel like that's a nod to the original Halloween when they're when they're in the car talking about Michael and um, the nurse is like, he won't be able to sit up. And then he says, Dr. Loomis says, that's the idea. So I liked that. It was like the same. It was the same level of um, ferocity, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, well, and there's... Okay, so... Go oh, ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, this one is an Easter egg as well as a fun fact. So in the scene in the truck with the father and the son where they're driving before they come upon the crashed bus, there's a song playing on the radio. And that song is the song that Lori is singing in the first movie, the I Wish I Had You All Alone, Just the Two of Us. Just the two of us. And the fun fact that goes with that is that it's obviously, it's not a real song, but David Gordon Greed had somebody record that song so they could play it on the truck in this movie. Well, no, because I don't remember if we brought it up in the Halloween 78 episode or not, but um, Jamie Lee Curtis literally was told by John Carpenter when it was time to film that portion of the movie that okay, you've got 20 minutes, come up with a song. You're going right. to And she literally came up with that. Yeah. At the and drop so he, of a freaking dime. Yeah, he had this whole song recorded just for that. So I thought that was really cool. <coughs> well, again, it, it boils back down to the fact that obviously the Blumhouse crew is trying to be as respectful and detail-oriented as possible with this right because they are just as hardcore fans about this as you and i are or whoever exactly I mean, it's not just you know blumhouse and you and i and that's why this movie is so good because it was made by fans so yeah, i mean yeah. it's like my dream scenario would be something like this happening for like one last nightmare on elm street mm-hmm. because i personally for myself would love to see Robert England play Freddie one more time. Yeah. Probably yeah, not going to happen. But you, you know, never know. Time, if it if it were to happen, I would like it to be in a situation like how Halloween lucked into the whole Blumhouse thing with right the Halloween movie made for the fans by fans. Well, maybe you and Joey should just write it and then option it to somebody. I mean, well, <laughs> you know what? Joey Rice Jr., um, Her Royal Highness has um, given me the idea that you and I need to sit down and compile some ideas and we need to create our own version of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, why the not? Fan, the fan movie. <coughs> we can I'm sorry. Erase the taste of that. Nightmare horrible on, one nightmare on elm street 2010 yeah from all of our memories 
but still Oof. probably not as bad as Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Yeah, agreed. So, so um, another one I really like is the gas station scene because that one has, to me, three different nods. So, Well, you, because if I know a lot of the other movies, like we said, don't play into this timeline, but that little gas station gas station type scene mm-hmm. has been in how many of the movies i mean i have three i have halloween four halloween h2o and then ron bizarre halloween yeah um i can't no because it wasn't resurrection it wasn't halloween two it wasn't the rob zombies halloween two no, it was the it original wasn't, one. Wasn't five. So yeah, it, three times. I mean, that's. Yeah. So you've got the mechanic. Well, and that then he... obviously 2018. So it's been four. Well, this one doesn't count. We're counting the other ones. Oh whoa! Okay. Stop screwing me up. Okay. <laughs> My bad. So he comes upon the mechanic that's been killed, and his clothes are gone. That's that's Halloween four, um, mm-hmm. and then. You have um, Halloween H2O with the bathroom scene with the, the mom and the little girl. And then same with this one. And then also Rob Zombie's Halloween. You have, uh, what's his name? Joe Grizzly. <laughs> when he comes yeah. in and kills that guy in the bathroom. So there's a few different nods on that one to the different gas station scenes in the movies. Um, Which hats off to Blumhouse for actually considering the heated hatred there is between John Carpenter and Rob Zombie for including a tip of the hat to Rob Zombie's Halloween. Oh, there's one more. Well, yeah, but uh, yeah. at the same time, it's still Yeah, agreed. There's a lot of hatred in between John Carpenter and Rob Zombie. Yeah. Because of the fact that the way I understand it, Rob Zombie came to him and asked for his blessing and asked, you know, what he would like to see from a reboot. And then Rob Zombie literally went and threw it all in the fucking garbage and did what he wanted to do anyway. And right. totally missed out on everything that John Carpenter intended the franchise to be. Not totally. That, not that totally. <laughs> not that you know two three four five six h2o and resurrection didn't do that as well but you know it is what it is yeah so, so <laughs> i'm sorry um so let's see then we have Lori referring to michael as the shape which i think that part is super cheesy when she's like i saw him the shape i hate that part i think it's super cheesy but good throwback to the way he's referred to in all of the scripts well all yeah because the that's the, the other thing too is he's never until 2018 he has never referred to on camera as the shape right but that's how he's referred to in the credits of all the movies which is interesting well, true yeah. that would yeah. be the only on camera portion of the movie where he's referred to as the shape right um, then we have Sheriff Hopkins talking about uh, the 1978 crimes, and he refers to it as the babysitter murders, which is 
what was supposed to be the original title of Halloween 1978. Ironically, if you go back and look at the um, plot line for 78, how many babysitters were killed in that movie? (laughs) One. (laughs) So babysitter murders. S on the end of a noun means plural. Right. (laughs) Which is why we didn't go with that. Um, yeah so then this is one of my favorite things this is when we first see michael come into haddonfield and um so he bumps the two little kids bump into him this one is really subtle it's hard to catch um but there is a little boy carrying a boom box on his shoulder and then the other little boy is dressed as a pirate both of those are nods to halloween too mm-hmm. with the guy that's wearing the boom box or not wearing, but carrying the boom box bumps into Michael and the little boy who's bitten to the apple and is hurt and he's dressed as a pirate. But from there we get into basically the absolute, just complete homage to part one, the long tracking Panavision shot of Michael walking through the alley, walking into this woman's house, um, which is, then we see a recreation of Mrs. Elrod and the robe and the curlers and the ham and the knife. And, um, but they did this whole long tracking shot, which was pioneered in the original Halloween. Nobody had ever done that before until that movie. Remember correctly from our first episode of Halloween Horror Fest 2021 was not that Panavision camera. Mm -hmm. Like, a third of the freaking budget for the entire freaking yeah. movie. Yep. So definitely so, deserved a freaking nod. Yeah. So first movie movie to use it, and then for them to recreate that in this movie, I thought was pretty epic. And then obviously you get the Halloween two references in there, and then um, you know he goes next door and kills this girl in the house, which is another Halloween two reference. Um, I don't know. There's just a bunch of little ones. Um. Also, during that part, you get the the music in the background, but you also get the poem from the original Halloween being recited, which is really cool as well. The, oh, the, uh, the, the poem from the very beginning of the movie, the, uh, uh, you know, broomsticks and goblins and something and something on Halloween night and trick or treat. I forget. <laughs> I literally made notes of that for the 78 episode and I'm not digging back into it but yeah I know exactly what yeah the yeah yeah so you get that um in this one as well actually hold on I think I have it pulled up um maybe black cats and goblins and broomsticks and ghosts, ghosts dozens of co- witches, covens of witches, witches with, with all of their, all their hosts, hosts. You may think they scare me. You're probably right. Black cats and goblins on Halloween night. Trick or treat. Trick or treat. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I literally, if I could have remembered exactly what the first line of that was, I probably could have gone through it from memory. I, for some stupid reason, I couldn't remember black cats and goblins, or yeah, the black yeah. cats and all that. So. I don't know. There's so many just amazing, like, I don't know. Um, I'm not going to go through all these. When Dave gets killed and he's pinned to the wall, that's like Bob. 
uh-huh. in Halloween. Um, then you get the three kids in the silver shamrock masks, which is cool. Um, you get the do as I say now, <laughs> which I hate. Um, Lori falling off the balcony, and then when Michael goes to look at her, she's gone. Obviously, nod to the original. An homage to his initial yeah. death in 78. Lori appears out of darkness behind him, just like he does in the original, and then the scary sit-up pose. You got that. Yeah. I definitely left some out, but those I think are like the big ones. Yeah, no, and it definitely for the sake of time, I'm not gonna go through all of them. Well, yeah, no, and we don't need to be here for two hours literally going through everything, but you guys get to just and that's the fact that. David Gordon Green and Blumhouse and the whole freaking crew, they literally were doing everything they could to try and pay tribute to one of, if not their favoritest movie of all time, and that was Halloween 78. Yeah. Which, as a fan of the movie, obviously not as big as my co host, <laughs> but big enough. Nobody is. <laughs> well, God, no. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of Halloween. Did a little bit behind Nightmare on Elm Street, but That's cool. yeah, it still it it's nice when you get that kind of respect paid to something that you obviously care so much about, right? And I mean, because I've seen countless sequels before in my entire life where. It's like you do you get the first movie and it's epically good. And then I think where a lot of sequels fall off is the fact that you don't get the same director back. You don't get the same right. crews back. And obviously people are different and people have different visions. So right. they're obviously not gonna have the same vision that the original was, which is where you get the big gap in quality. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. the other points where you know shitty script writing shitty acting blah 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 blah, plays a factor into it too but yeah i think part of where sequels die off is you know not getting back the visionaries from the original movie right because well yeah i agree even like with like two of the biggest sequels of all time being godfather part two and empire strikes back Uh both of those crews director on down to well the director for empire was different than the original but there was a lot of discussion between him and lucas as to what he wanted for empire strikes back francis ford coppola directed every damn bit of the godfather movies right and a lot of the people that worked on the movies were all his freaking family. Right. You know, that helps to keep the continuity and the flow and the vision all. Yeah. Uh. So um, uh, I was just going to do like a, a quick, quick like plot line for yeah. people that don't know. I assume everybody's seen it, but just so we know, like I said, this one picks up 40 years after 1978 so we've got Lori. she's 
I hate what they've done to her character, but she is basically Sarah Connor. She has prepped her and she is a doomsday prepper. She has prepped everything down to the last detail for Michael to come back and get her. Um, she's well, lost her. Let's be honest all the way. If you go back and look at 1978, you would never get the impression that Laurie Strode is Halloween's version of Sarah Connor. Right. She's not that type. I mean, obviously going through what she went through in that movie has significantly changed her personality. Right. So yeah. Okay. I'll let back to what. Uh, so yeah. So she's basically, you know, her whole life has been consumed by this tragedy and what she thinks might happen to her. So I really hate that because I hate for this one thing to define her entire life, but that's where they went with it. So that's what we're doing. Um, you know, she's lost her family over it. She lost her daughter when she was 12. Oh. And then, you know, she's got this adult daughter with and a grandchild that she's got a rocky relationship with. And she's just convinced that Michael's coming back for her. So, um, you know, at the beginning of the movie, we get this whole di- family dynamic, which is just totally fucked up. And then mm-hmm. Michael's being transferred to another facility. Obviously, he breaks out because that's what he's going to do. And then, yeah, all the fuckery ensues. Um, And so basically it's a showdown between Lori and Michael. And, you know, I I talked about this on Midwest Horror Co. R.I.P. That, you know, everybody's like, oh, Michael's after Lori. Why is Michael after Lori? And, you know, I made the argument that it could be the other way around. I mean, did he come back to Haddonfield for her? Or did he just come back to Haddonfield to wreak more havoc and then she's the one who came after him and so then he obviously came after her well yeah because if you really come into this movie with an open mind he really doesn't find her per se she finds him finds him so it's more it's more that she's hunting him down than he's hunting her down and leaving the whole brother-sister angle out, he has no reason to hunt her down. Yeah, because this is not Bloodline. This is right. direct sequel to one. You know what's one thing that I actually would have been interested to see them do at the beginning of this movie? Would Cult be of the like, Thorn. God damn it. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, like a seven to ten minute uh, trial footage. Like, obviously, we wouldn't get to see Michael's face. We'd get behind the shots and whatever. But maybe even just like five minutes of like, I know we got the the tape of Dr. Loomis and whatever. But to me, it would have been interesting. Did Lori have to face him in court? And if so, how did that go? Because I I don't know why that just interests me. It's not relevant, really, but it interests me. Well, and that partially could be what else potentially drives him to find her yeah drives him to find her or pushes her to further over the line into the sarah connor world right because obviously if you've got to literally sit there for i would assume as big as this trial would have been you know it's a significant period of time you're sitting in a freaking witness box 
having to answer questions when all you can do is stare at the man who literally tried to kill you. Yeah. And I think that would have given it more of a purpose for him to come find her because until they went to court, he didn't know her name. He had no idea who she was. But then for her to be the only survivor and have to point him out and testify against him and all this stuff, then obviously that gives him a motive to come back and find her if he ever gets out. But again, Michael Myers is not really supposed to have a motive, which is no why all the other movies have sort of failed because they've disregarded John Carpenter's intent for Michael. Yeah. So... So yeah, we we end the movie with Michael burning in her basement, and obviously we know that's not or the end of Michael. He? Or is he? <laughs> because um, at the end of the movie, you get a shot of no Michael in the basement while the mm-hmm. fire is still raging. Yep. Rescued by the cult of the thorn. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God. I swear to God. That better not freaking come up on Friday. No, there's no way. No, they're smarter than that. I'm just saying, if it comes up on Friday, I'm going to be all freaking... No. Like rubber. What in the actual fuck? (laughs) Love you, Kevin. (laughs) So the big twist in this movie, though, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, you should have already stopped listening, but... right. The big spoiler or twist alert in this movie is Michael's doctor, Dr. Sartain. So I will say I did not see this coming. Did you see this coming? The revelation about, yeah, no. Okay. No, well, okay, here's, I'll let you give away what the twist is, but. I'll just preface it with this. Sartain definitely gives off a, in my impression, that I got a strong Dr. Loomis vibe. He's not necessarily directly Loomis, but he's somebody who has been educated under Dr. Loomis. And to a certain extent, I guess would probably be a better way of putting it, has a bit of a Loomis vibe. Now, go ahead and reveal the plot twist. See, I feel like Dr. Sartain gives off a fatal attraction vibe. He is fucking obsessed to the point of maybe being in love with Michael. (laughs) But um, basically, we find out that Dr. Sartain is the one who initiated the bus crash who let Michael out of his restraints and then let him go upon his merry way because, because he wanted Dr. to observe him in the wild yeah he was so jealous that Dr. Loomis got to observe him in the wild and that he wanted to know what Michael would do that he basically released this monster onto the masses this guy is fucking crazy. Not, not to, he's like, how many times, like when, when uh, they go to run him over the car, he's like, Michael. And then he gets out and he's like caressing his face and like all this stuff. And then, and then when they're in the, even in the beginning, he's like, Michael, Michael. Like when he's trying to get his attention, like, I think this guy has an un, 
unhealthier than Dr. Loomis' obsession. Well, and also, he's he's batshit crazy for wanting to see Michael kill people just so he can see how Michael kills people. True. Um, <laughs> I think what further explanation as to what I had said before you revealed the plot twist. I think there, when even when you go back and look at Dr. Loomis, there is a slight bit of maybe obsession with Michael. Do you think in only the first one, though? If you're only talking about the first one, because that so, is a good point, uh, too. I, I'm fully... It didn't start getting manic, per se, yeah. until the other movies. Two, four, five, and fuck six. So I'm definitely open and and can kind of see that, but also I understand from if I'm just considering the original Halloween, Doctor Loomis is somewhat obsessed with him, but I think it's because he's the first patient that he couldn't help. Which is why he even says he became an obsession with me until I realized there was nothing I could do. And then he became obsessed with just keeping him locked up. Whereas I feel like Sartain is more like obsessed on an emotional level. Yeah, like almost like he wants to empathize and feel the same things. Yeah. So almost like he wants to. It's almost like he's looking for Michael to be a teacher so that he can in turn do the things that Michael has done. Well, and I think he thinks he can save him. I'm the one that's going to make him talk. I'm going to make him say something. And it's like, dude, you're not the first. You won't be the last. You're an idiot. But Okay. Okay. Here's one of the other points that brought that got brought up in this movie. And it goes all the way back to the beginning. Um, when the Halloween 28 versions of Casey and Amanda show up at Lori's house and they're interviewing her for Mm $3,000. By the way, I'm not paying $3,000 to ever interview anybody on this show. Nope. Journalists don't pay for their interviews, Dana. Exactly. But (laughs) I believe wasn't it what's his face that basically told Lori that he thinks Lori could get Michael to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's so. just an angle. Yeah. That's just an angle to sell podcasts. Like, well, you can know, cause that's the whole, you can... I smell that shit from a mile away. <laughs> yeah. I no, there's no, if he hasn't spoken in freaking well, what, 55 57 years, years. 57 oh, yeah. whatever, yeah. He's not mm-hmm. going to freaking start now. Right. And, and especially not to Lori. If he didn't talk during the trial, what makes you think he's going to talk now? Yeah, no, exactly. <gasps> but so. you know what? They're they're trying to do their podcast thing. They're trying to break up. They're trying to be the new serial. Like, I get it. Serial is the thing which isn't about a murderer talking or whatever but i think serial really opened the door for like true crime podcasters and so i think everybody is like oh mm-hmm. you know 
let me do this deep dive into some story and see if I can find some new breathtaking revelation. And it's like, but Lori, there are no new insights or discoveries. <laughs> no, and realistic, like, well, even like that whole scene. The only reason she let them in to talk to her because she really doesn't say a whole hell of a lot to him. Mm-hmm. Is she wanted the money and she gave it to her granddaughter. Yeah. Like, I'll entertain you coming into my house and basically insulting me. Yeah, because they do a lot of that in that interview. I love the social services came and took your daughter when she was 12. How long till you regain custody? I didn't, but you already knew that, assholes. Yeah, and then basically right after that, she gets up and walks over the door and opens the door and she's like, I'll, I'll take, take my payment. I'll accept my payment now. Get out. So yeah. But, yeah. I I love this freaking movie. Me too. Um the kills are great. The oh, the score is fantastic. The imagery is they mo- just they everything. Carpenter's music. Yeah. But it's, it's not even just the theme, it's the music no. throughout. And yeah. The part of the score where Allison is running through the woods, it, it's a short part, but that is my favorite part of the whole score. It's just like, it's all really, really amazing. Well, yeah, because I kind of sort of had mixed feelings on the Halloween theme dubstep. Yeah. But I do love that John love Carpenter's son did it with him. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, because, yeah, that it's bridging the generation gap right i mean the only thing that probably would have made it even more significant would be if he and deborah hill had had a child together and that was the son that he worked with on this yeah r.i.p deborah hill um and then the score at the end in Lori's house like the music is all very very compelling um well and i don't care who the hell you are if you do not like John Carpenter's freaking music for these movies, you are not American. You get the hell out of my damn country. Right. You're insane. Yeah. Because he, I can think of a small handful of people who I would consider to be movie score masters. John mm-hmm. Carpenter is one of them. John Williams, Danny mm-hmm. Elfman, Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer, and I, there's one more and it's literally escaping my head right now but yeah that's basically it anybody else it's those guys world and you all are just freaking living in it yeah because those are the guys that literally set the table for you to have a freaking job as a soundtrack score composer whatever you want to call it yeah in today's, in today's society um, another thing I love about this is that they, there were, there were a lot of actresses that wanted to play the role of Allison, like well-known actresses, and um, they basically said, "No, we want to do the same thing John Carpenter did. We want to cast an unknown and see, you know, how well, her career flourishes." Like in the credits for seventy-eight, introducing Jamie right. Lee Curtis. And then this one, introducing Andy, I don't know how you say her name, Matchik, Matchik, but yeah, Andy. So yeah, I like that they did that. 
Either way. They but had, yeah. I, oh, I'm trying to remember. Um, I'll see if I can find it, but definitely some well-known actresses that were vying for this role. And they oh, were God, like, no. Who wouldn't want to vie for this role? Right. I mean, especially once you actually get the audition scenes. Mm-hmm. Go over and you start looking at, oh, oh, this actually may be a great project to get involved with. And then word of mouth starts getting out that Blumhouse is doing this and doing that. And right, they've created this and everybody and their mother is going to come out of the damn woodwork to play Allison. Obviously. Oh, yeah. So they said Lucy Hale and Emma Roberts. I would not have liked Emma Roberts in this role. I love her. Lucy Hale would have been okay, but I yeah. still like who they got better. No, Emma. Yeah. No. No offense, Emma. No, I love you, Emma Roberts, but not for this. Especially considering who her freaking relatives are. <laughs> we don't. Okay. Need- you don't get to do that because Jamie Lee Curtis is the daughter of Hollywood royalty. We did that once, though. We don't need to do it a second time. Well, I'm just saying you don't get to throw Emma Roberts in there for that when, you know. True. I'm hoping that Jamie Lee Curtis didn't get that role because of that. And I'm guessing that wasn't the full reason, but it was definitely part of it. Well, I. Which I know we talked about, but. That much. Yeah. But. I mean, how can you not be fascinated with the fact, ooh, this is Janet Lee's daughter. This is Tony Curtis's daughter. Right. If she wants to do this, you know, and then also you get her into audition and she starts doing what she does. And it's like, yeah. Oh, she's actually got some talent. And yeah, Emma, Emma Roberts. Okay. Well, she's Julia Roberts niece. She's an amazing actress. Like she's very vulnerable and very relatable. And I really like her. And even in Scream four, I thought she was fantastic. So, which I know we talked about, you didn't really like, but. I think well, she's a really good actress, just not for this movie. I when I say I didn't particularly care for four, it's more of a it's probably my least favorite of the four original movies. I would agree. And probably going to be my least favorite of the five here in about two and a half months when five yeah. comes out. I am so pumped um, for this new angle. Yes. No tangents going off, but oh my god, the freaking new Scream trailer looks was a freaking amazing. Yeah. If you haven't watched this trailer, it's bomb. Go look it up immediately. If you love horror movies and you love the Scream franchise, you need to go see this freaking trailer because if you ever had any lack of faith in these movies ever being on the same Mm -hmm. level as the first one, this trailer will help restore some of your faith. Probably not all of it, but a big portion of it. It's that freaking. It's almost as epic as the trailer for Halloween Kills when it came out. Yeah. You know what I really want for this movie to do is to bring Courtney and David back together. I'm sure it won't happen, but God, I love them as a couple. It did on camera. I know, but that was as uh, Riley and uh, Gail. I'm talking about David and Courtney. Oh, well, true. Oh, you so, mean yeah. the, the parents of Coco Cox Arquette? Yes. 
the hell names her damn child Coco? Who the fuck names their child Apple? There's way worse. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, exactly. Fuck her and her goop. So yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't. Again, like with the other Halloween, I don't think we need to say too much about the storyline because I figure everybody's seen it. That's coming to listen to this, but oh yeah, hopefully we gave you guys some interesting things you didn't know. No, one and- one thing this movie did teach me, I will say real quick is what a banh mi sandwich is. I had no no idea banh mi was just the Vietnamese version of a French baguette. <laughs> and now yeah. I want to try it. We might have to do that eventually down the road. Yeah, I love bread. So Speaking of bread and sandwiches, before we get to our review and rating of this movie, um, I did have a couple very brief favorite lines that I wanted to bring up. Oh, good. Me too. You go and, first. Oh, I'm going to go first because you already <laughs> know this one. So okay. favorite line number one. Oh, God, I got peanut butter on my penis. <laughs> Instant karma. <laughs> Where? I mean, you're literally watching a movie. They're having their morning breakfast routine moment and all of a sudden freaking dad (laughs) husband oh god i got peanut butter on my penis oh man i got peanut butter on my penis and he's like i gotta go clean this peanut butter off my and he just walks away (laughs) the freaking hilarious i mean i appreciate having little i mean because like the freaking two cops from like Halloween five. Five are exactly like the two in this movie. That was another one. Yeah. But it's like it at times it seemed like the comedy was very forced. And I in Halloween five or this one? In Halloween five. Okay, yeah. I think this one it was more of a homage to Halloween five. This movie had some really decent, subtle or little comedic yeah. points. Well, and like you're going to your next through, favorite line? You're going through the favorite. You will just you're going through the opening of the movie and all of a sudden, bam, you're slapped in the face with oh man, I got peanut butter on my penis. So yeah. Um number two. Um this one actually might take a second to get to the point, so Give me a second. Um, let's see. Uh, Dave, wasn't it her brother who... Oh, this won't take a hot minute. To just, Dave, wasn't it her brother who cold-blooded like, murdered all those teenagers? Allison. Murdered. No, that's just a bit that some people made up to make them feel better, I think. Obviously making reference to yep. the fact that John Carpenter had nothing to do with, wanted nothing to do with the bloodline mm-hmm. storyline. They're just making sure that they get that point in right now. And, and this is very early in the movie. Oh, yeah. It's like literally a minute and a half after dad gets peanut butter on his penis. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, they, they want if you're not familiar with the fact that there's multiple storylines in this franchise, 
They want to make sure you know, okay, no. Bloodline is not the storyline we're following here, so get that out of your head immediately. For real. So, and my la- my last favorite line, this is the one that's going to take a hot minute. Not really a hot minute, but, you know, uh, Julian, I saw somebody in the hallway standing outside my door. Dave, oh, what's up, buddy? There was a fucked up face watching me from in the dark. <laughs> Dave, ghosts and goblins, little buddy? Shut up, Dave. Shut I heard up, him, Dave. <laughs> I heard him breathing, and then I saw him. He's in here. The boogeyman's in this house. Okay. All right. Come on. I got you. Let's go check it out. Send Dave first. <laughs> right? his face no no, it's fine it's fine no 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 it's not he's all like freaking julian is like this movie's version of an homage to um lindsay and yes lindsay's a little bit more mellow but you know julian's one of these people that he didn't give two fucks about Dave. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> I know you're like, send Dave first, but I'm all, my favorite one is, shut up, Dave. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't freaking hold back. He, the kid is freaking hilarious. And that scene, I love him. To me, is one of those scenes that stole the movie for me. And it's yeah, right for real. You know, they're starting to build towards the climax. And you just get that little brief little hint of, okay, we're going to give you one last little laugh before we get, let the tension go buck wild and get to the, you know, final fight. So those are my three. Yeah. Did you have a couple that you wanted to drop in? Um, I do. So I liked, like I said, um, shut up, Dave. Dave. And then, um, hold on. You may have to cut this out for a second. Um, where'd it go? Well, because we're actually doing pretty good on time. I This may honestly right here be the only portion oh. of the show I have to cut out. Okay, so this is one of my favorite uh, Ray quotes. This is another Easter egg when they're talking about Cameron, his Cameron Elam. They realize that his dad is Lonnie Elam from Halloween one. He's a little kid that goes up to the house. And then so Ray's talking about how him and Lonnie were friends in high school. This is one of my favorites just because the delivery. They're all nice guys until they get you pregnant and then you got to drive in their pickup trucks and you clean their guns and you got children and you clean guns and you like to get high with them and then you all get fat. Right. <laughs> Ray. Um, and Dude, then... Um, Ray is freaking hilarious in this movie. Yeah. Uh, he's also kind of an asshole sometimes, but yeah, that part's really yeah. funny. Um, I really like... This one's not funny, but Hawkins, the there's a reason we're supposed to be afraid of this night. I thought that was a really good quote and like a good delivery it was very cryptic. Yeah. Um, no, there is a reason for it. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> love this. Have you ever wanted a girl and you just couldn't have her? <laughs> <laughs> Michael's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. And then finally <laughs> you are so getting dry fucked tonight. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, which leads me into who's your favorite character in the movie? Honestly, Julian. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was like me saying Lindsay Wallace in the first one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I actually was going to make reference to the fact that it's like, okay, well, you said Lindsay in the first episode of mm-hmm. Halloween Horror Fest, and now I'm flipping it and going with Julian for 2018. So, if I, I mean, had some other kind of babysitter, I wouldn't be sitting here clipping my nasty ass toenails. <laughs> I mean, the kid is freaking hilarious. He stole the movie. And I saw a lot of reviews that were like, oh, it was too comedic and it was like making a mockery and I, it was too much comedy. And I'm like, no, that kid was amazing. His five minutes in the movie was like fantastic. Yeah. No. Especially when I he was cute how much and vulnerable with her, you know? In that five minutes. Right. Because, yeah, he was funny, but you also got the, you know, oh, can you call my mom? And, and oh, can you close the closet door? And, like, he, he was so cute and sweet, too. Oh, yeah. um, I'm sure Lindsay had moments where she was all cute and sweet, too. But, you know, ultimately, she didn't give two shits about Annie. No, she did not. So Julian and Vicky tied for my favorites. I, I loved both of their characters because just they're so snarky. I loved it. Well, and they fit they together. were cute. Yeah. They go together like peas and carrots. Like, you're talking about getting high. I'm going to tell my mom. Well, I'm going to tell your mom about your browser history. <laughs> oh, they were adorable. I was really sad that Vicky died. I liked her. Well, you could, Why couldn't uh, Cameron die? He's a dick. Right? Freaking asshole motherfucker. So here's here's what I think. So uh, just like off the wall predictions for this next movie. I think Lonnie Elam is going to show up. He's going to protect his son Cameron and I think Lonnie's going to die. I think Cameron's going to make it. I also think Karen is going to die. I could be wrong, but that's my feeling. Uh, let, let me look at this really quick. She's got his mask. Yeah, that part in the trailer, if you want it, come get it. I feel like she's going to die protecting Allison or Lori or both. I hope not, but I, I, I hate, the main character's got to die. I Well, yeah. I mean... It can't be Lori. There's another movie. <laughs> Unless it's only Allison. Yeah, I... It's one of those like Empire Strikes Back things. You, if you're gonna do like a quote unquote trilogy, like the mm-hmm. opening is setting the stage and meeting all the characters, and you know, you have you get your opening movie resolution fine. Second movie is basically set up to completely come in and totally make you think that your heroes have no hope that darkness has right and blah, 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 blah. And then the third movie is supposed to happily ever be the redeemer. Yeah. So if, uh, if Blumhouse goes with that philosophy for this 2018 kills and ends, 
which one of the three of them is it going to be, Lori, Karen, or Allison? Because obviously you can't kill off Michael. And I don't think you can kill off Allison. She's the, let's just say that somebody mm-hmm. else decides to take this franchise and run with it. That's your in. Yeah, which I have seen things where. Um, yeah, I know. I don't even um, want to talk about it. Jason Blumhouse has talked about yeah more to the story to come and all yeah of I don't that. want it and it's like I honestly feel the way this is going now and hopefully you listeners don't hate me for saying this but whenever the next movie comes out it's supposed to be next year, is it not? Yeah. And it is called Ends, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cry because I don't want it to be over because I love Halloween, but let it be over. It has to be. Michael's got to die sometime. I mean, especially if you follow this timeline. Well, yeah, and Michael is not a supernatural entity like Freddy or Jason or... Exactly. You know, Especially if you follow the original Halloween to Halloween 2018. He's a human guy who got shot several times and then he got caught and he got put in prison. He's not this like thing that can't be killed. Well, because here's I've had people. Oh well, he got shot and he lived through. I'm like, okay, do you see exactly where those bullets hit him? And I'm sure he didn't land all six. Say Doctor Loomis is that great of a shot. Exactly. He literally could have hit him freaking once or twice in the right shoulder. You know maybe once or twice in you know like grazed his ribs right and not even punctured a damn lung you know so so i think that halloween ends so obviously we know the next one is a continuation of the same night which halloween 2 style i think halloween ends is going to be into the future i think it's going to be 5 10 maybe even 20 years into the future and then we're going to see what happens. And that's how they end it. Which could play a large part into which of the three leads possibly dies at the end of Kills. Because right. obviously if they're going to time jump 10, 15, 20 years into the future, then you're watching 2018 right now and not even listening. I'm No, I'm listening. I'm sorry. It's the scary part where he jumps out from behind the mannequins. That part scared the fucking shit out of me in the theater. I almost yeah, killed myself. So, but anyway, yeah, if they jump... No, if, I'm, I'm listening, sorry. If they jump 15, 20 years into the future, um, no offense, but it only would make sense then to go ahead and kill off Jamie Lee at the end of Kills. But also, can Michael really last that long? So I'm thinking maybe five years. Into well, the no, because Lord, technically, Lord. What? 
Michael's well, older than Lori. I, I almost went down the whole line of, well, obviously Michael's older than Lori because Lori's her, or Lori's his younger sister. But again, no bloodline. But he's still older than her. He but was yeah, 21. No, he, yeah, he's still like was 17. Four or five years older. So if they're maybe they'll talk, fall in love and get married <laughs> and make Meyer Strode's babies. Well, that Jesus. would kind of be hard at Jamie Lee Curtis's age or Laurie Strode's age yeah. for that matter. And probably Michael's too. Because, yeah. They can get on Medicare together and live happily ever after in the woods. Shooting dummies. In God, a he's so scary. Connor-esque. Yes. Fashion. So uh, it'll be like, so I married an axe murderer where it's like, are you trying to kill me or are you not trying to kill me? Let's just see. (laughs) It adds a dimension to bedtime activities. Basic instinct all over again. (laughs) Your lights are woman. Whoa, man. Okay, sorry. I said, I don't know if I'm doing this right or not, but her lights are literally going fucking buck wild right now. They yeah, I'm a little went completely dark and then just literally went like full on 100% power bright. Yeah, I don't know what's happening in my house. <clears throat> I need to call I need to call those uh, people from the conjuring. What are their names? The Warrens? Yeah. I think they're still alive. Warrens, come help me. <laughs> Cuz I'm sure they're listening to my little rinky dink little podcast. Hey, you never know. Now watch freaking in four or five days, you'll get a knock on your door and it'll be them. Yep. I was listening to an evening at the movies the other night and blah, blah, blah. I heard you call my name. <laughs> yeah, so well, we decided what the hell. We're in the neighborhood. We'll stop by. Yeah, why not? So. Well, all right. Uh, so I think we I think we covered it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, just out of my own personal feelings, whatever. Um, I'm just going to say I have respect and love for the entire franchise, you know, one, two, three, four, five, H2O. Um, and that's about it. And I have no other. You love. can't. S- oh, okay. You left two. I, out. Gotcha. I'm, I'm, no, le- I'm with you. I'm leaving out six and I'm leaving <laughs> out resurrection. And I'm leaving out Rob Zombie. Other than that, the rest of the movies I can have love and respect for. I appreciate the fact that, I mean, for some people, they need, you know, their little answers and whatnot that the Bloodline story creates. I get that. And if that's what you need to make your story work, fine. Yeah. Not necessarily what John Carpenter wanted. But fine. You know, if you want to have your storyline that goes one, 2018 kills and ends, that's great too. You know, and yeah. But in the same time, well, I will still go out and probably not necessarily enjoy two because it was a drunken shit show. <laughs> but, um, you know, three is three and three is going to have haters it just it's 
an anthology movie and it is what it is. Um, yeah. Four and five. Again, it's bloodline. H2O, it's bloodline. Resurrection, it's all bloodline. Um, but personally, I, I personally prefer the 1978-2018 kills and ends storyline. Me too. And I think, you know, I really got to tip my hat and thank Blumhouse for doing this version of continuing this storyline the way it's going now Uh because if they hadn't literally tried to blackmail Carpenter into green lighting it (laughs) um, would we have I mean somebody else obviously would have sequelized Halloween somewhere down the road it's easy to do especially with the fact that you can use any large human being, put a white mask on them, and it's Michael. Right. Martin. You know. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Same thing with like Friday the Thirteenth. Not so much necessarily with like. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street because Freddy, yeah, Freddy has the the burns and all that, but you still have the contour of the face that is Robert England. Um, but no, I. I really, I wasn't expecting a whole lot from 2018 going into this movie coming out. I'd seen the mm-hmm. trailer and the trailer was, you know, pretty good. And at the same time, I've also seen movies with amazing trailers that have been dumpster fires. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting a whole lot and it didn't take long bef- into this movie when I saw it in the theater when I knew oh shit mm-hmm. somebody knows how to fucking make a sequel and <laughs> it is freaking Blumhouse Productions I mean if yeah. they want to jump on board and sequelize freaking Freddy's Dead or any, they could as far as I'm concerned they could go back into any of the freaking points in the Nightmare storyline and I mean if they wanted to start at post nightmare three go ahead yeah make a freaking movie sequelizing the world post nightmare three but yeah so yeah that would be cool uh, i'm with you i this, this is the part i'm struggling with is because i don't know well go ahead and Give me your thoughts on what you think. I'm still thinking through my rating. Oh. Um, I mean, obviously you share a lot of the same feelings. Uh, I, do. I I give it a five out of five. Butcher see, knives, Halloween masks, uh, that's whatever where I, it is. I. That's where yeah. I was leaning. But at the same time, like, do I necessarily want to go there and set? Because that's setting the bar high for kills now. If kills doesn't deliver at that level, then. But and that's I, fine. This one did. You know, yeah, true. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give it five out of five jack-o'-lanterns. 
just because it's Halloween. Yeah. And I was going to say silver shamrock masks. <laughs> Either way. It is what, Tuesday? So. Approximately two more days to Halloween. Ah. Halloween, Halloween. Two more days to Halloween. Silver shamrock. Silver shamrock. I'm well, two more days to Halloween kills. Well, yeah, true. But, but yeah. I probably just lost half my freaking dozens because I sang that song. Because I know that there are nah. part of them that can't stand freaking three. But yeah, they can bite me. Love you guys. Bite my ass. So, <laughs> Love all the dozens. The dozens are amazing. Well, I guess with yes, that said, are. now that I'm saying that, that pretty much does it for Halloween 2018. And before I two let, more days, yay! And before I let Her Royal Highness out of here, I just want to tip my hat and thanks to the dozens again, as always. You guys are much loved and much appreciated for being here and supporting the podcast. Without you guys, always there wouldn't be a show. Um, no, there would be, but it would just be me and you. Well, yeah, and that's it, us talking. It'd just be us recording our talking. <laughs> well, I mean, I've always said that even probably if you know the dozens disappeared, I'd probably still keep recording just for the pure fact that maybe someday somebody would decide to tune back in. Yep. So. Do you happen to have an announcement that you would like to make about what's coming up on the sick list? Uh, yeah, I would. Um, so we will be recording on Friday and a super episode. <laughs> yes, it's a super episode, if you will. It's a maxi episode. Um, we couldn't narrow it down to five, so we're each doing our top 10 favorites moments me from the halloween franchise and casey from the nightmare on elm street franchise and let me tell i'm not giving a damn bit of this away yet but please guys freaking tune in and listen to this episode because i'm not speaking for you know amanda but oh my fucking (laughs) god this list was hard this is probably the hardest list that I've ever put, I put together some lists for this show. A mm-hmm. lot of them have been different, a lot. but this one was probably the hardest. Um, I'll save some of the anecdotes for when we record on Friday, just because that's yeah for that subject in that episode. But yeah. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. And Got a bunch of other stuff coming up. The uh, one-year anniversary recording will be on October 28th, so please stay tuned for that and links to the live recording. With Casey and Jean. And Jean. And now it's a thing with Jean. <laughs> <laughs> I can't we stop with that video. <laughs> are so freaking going to have everybody in the freaking world referring to her in social media as Jean. Jean. So yeah, we'll We'll be recording live on the sip anniversary, and everybody that wants to will be able to join and watch and chat with us um, in the chat box, not live, but you'll be able to well, watch yeah, us record not. live and chat yeah. and we'll take questions and comments and 
let's be celebrate. honest. No offense, but with the size of your audience, if people were chiming in while we were trying, you, you whoo, buddy, we'd have an epic six-hour-long freaking episode. <laughs> I don't have that many dedicated listeners. I have dozens, like you have. I have more listeners, but we'll see how many people dozens. actually log into this live stream. Well, yeah, because it's something different that we haven't done, right? Yet, per se, right. So, but yeah, yeah. So stay tuned for info tuned on that for those because I am a part of both of those episodes. So yes, you are. As long as well, and Gene is a part of the second one too. So, Gene, love you, Gene. Love you, Gene. Um. So yeah, just really quick because I know. My illustrious co-host loves when I run down coming up soon on an evening at the movies. And it's also her bedtime. Exactly. So <laughs> we're going to do this absolutely lightning round fast. Uh, this weekend, Halloween Kills will drop. Uh, next weekend, Monster Squad, as well as Universal Monsters, being Dracula, Frankenstein, Mummy, Wolfman, and uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, the week after that is going to be uh, my co-host coming back, hopefully, if we can get it all set up. And we'll be discussing the Alfred Hitchcock classic, Psycho, as well as the quote-unquote bridge episode to next month's Epic Franchise Month being we're going to look at another or another of the nightmare on Elm street movies and we're going to do nightmare on Elm street four therefore halloween nightmare on Elm street and friday the 13th will all be three episodes each into being done on the show yay she's sitting here texting while i'm giving down the schedule and half ass i am not texting <laughs> i'm i'm looking at a picture of my friend's baby girl although she's oh. not a baby anymore well, that's almost she's like four. that's almost like looking at a picture of Abby and realizing she's not a baby anymore either. No, she is not. She's <laughs> stubborn, almost eighteen year old. Or um, well, she said she she'll be eighteen in July. That's what. It's not that far away. No, because it'll be here before you know. I, mean, I know. It feels like freaking May, June, when. We were just talking about what the hell they haven't dropped a freaking kills trailer yet. And <laughs> they're yeah. like a week or two later, they dropped the kills trailer. And it's like, oh my God, October needs to hurry up and get here. And October, here we are. <laughs> we are ready. So that does it for this episode of An Evening at the Movies, guys. Thank you for coming and listening and joining us. And as always, you can find us on social media. And we hope you guys come back for another evening at the movies. Have a good night, guys. Goodbye. Later and peace. <laughs>